Welcome to Next Level Christianity, a podcast designed to teach Christians biblical truth, help apply it to their daily lives, and gain true clarity of what it means to follow Jesus. Our churches and Christian communities are being influenced by cultural and worldly views, and few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is John Alkire, along with my beautiful wife, Carrie Ann. Please join us as we have important conversations where biblical truth and life application collide. We hope these episodes help equip and motivate you to take your Christian faith to the next level. So grab your Bible and join us in the conversation. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining the Next Level podcast. I'm your host, John Alkire. And if you are joining us from the various podcast platforms, we appreciate your support. What's growing more and more every day. And if you download us on Facebook and Instagram, welcome. This is our third episode, and we're talking about being unequally yoked tonight. So last week, we had an awesome discussion on a prosperous life and the contrast between what the world's standards and God's standards. We dug into scripture into four different books, heard from, from God and four Hall of Fame forefathers that gave us three consistent takeaways to apply to our life today. If we follow them, God promises to never leave us, forsake us, and we will live prosperous and successful lives. Amen to that. If you missed it, check it out and let me know how you thought of it. Tonight, folks, I am excited about this show because I have a very special guest. But before I introduce her, I want to set this episode up. We are talking about unequally yoked. We are talking about marriages where you have an active follower of Jesus married to an unbeliever. Or you have a situation where you are married and you're active in your faith and your spouse may not be active. Your spouse may not be following Christ or anything has anything to do with church or the Bible or anything. And this, as we know, if you are in this situation, either one, it is going, you're going to go through a difficult challenge in your Christian life. And so we are going to address some scriptures tonight. So please grab your life manuals, your Bibles, Google, get your phones and Google some of these verses we're going to talk about. Now, when you talk about unbelievers being married, the Bible is very clear and we're not going to get into If you're about to get married and you're going to marry an unbeliever, the scriptures that uh, talk about that, there's biblical uh, truths to that that you can seek about marrying an unbeliever and what that says. We're talking tonight, again, you came into your marriage and you found Christ, and maybe your spouse hasn't found Christ, or maybe you came in and you had Christ and your spouse had Christ as well, but has moved away from their faith. And so we're going to address those challenges tonight as we move on. Now, my guest tonight is my wife. We've been married about 17 years coming this June and she has been a true gift from God and, and, and lives out her faith every day. She is a living testimony of living years with me and, and dealing with me. She's been active um, when I wasn't. Uh, she, she is the wife that is described in first Peter three, which we're going to talk about tonight. She has been submissive in so many beautiful ways. Her life of purity and reverence has made a major impact on my life. Uh, 
her spiritual influence has not been her outward actions. It has been an unconditional love that has shined on me, our children, her friends, and her family. She has never tried to change me, even when she didn't always like my habits. But it is her daily pursuit to know God, her inner self, and loving service that has influenced me. She has watched me grow and work through so much to get to where I am in my faith today. Her many nights of prayers over me and patience amazes me, and I am who I am today because of God's grace and forgiveness of my sins, but also because of her incredible example of a woman who is sanctified. I don't know where I'd be without her. I hope her amazing example to me can add to those out there struggling with non-believing spouses or a non-active believer in your relationship, in your marriage. And so please welcome Carrie Alkire to the podcast Hey, thank you so much. So glad to be here with you. Thanks for letting me join you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you and so much to talk about. But first, why don't we uh, talk a little bit how we met? How did we get here? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to start or you want to let me tell or what do you want to do? I want to let you go. All right. Um, Well, I was in Illinois and you're in Kansas. And um, is this where we're starting? <laughs> is that too far back? Um, no, it's perfect. It's uh, perfect. There's a okay. little journey in our life, right? Right. That's right. Um, we, let's see, finished in school, done with school. I started working outside of Chicago for a manufacturer. You were selling my manufacturer's product in Kansas. And we connected through that manufacturer. So that was super fun. Um, clearly meant to be we met underneath the arch for the first time in st louis that's right we just felt a really solid friendship from kind of from the beginning and that's that's kind of the way it went i remember going out to eat i don't know if it was an applebee's sorry i'm not a detail (laughs) guy but i remember we went out to eat and uh we had just met each other face to face for the first time Mm -hmm. um and uh the backup a little bit we sent pictures to one another. Um, we didn't have all this internet uh, camera phone stuff, but in the mail sent pictures and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> let's, uh, okay. Well, God, you're, you're hitting the home run so far. So let's meet That's this right. gal, right? <laughs> and I remember when we met and it was super cool and we went out to eat and we were sitting down and our waiter came up and I think he said something like, wow, you guys look like you've been together a long time. How long has it been? <laughs> we're like, about... this is the first time we've met like today today or like yeah. today <laughs> sorry i do remember we were obviously uh beaming uh, uh together there for sure yeah, super fun oh so good um well after that uh, we just kind of went on this really great journey um you eventually had a job transfer out to california and you weren't sure if you wanted to go and I remember saying those famous words, go and I'll meet you up. I'll meet you over there. I'll, I'll join you. Um, you just got to go. And if it's meant to be, I'll get there. That's right. I remember how, I remember that, like, I was like, I can't believe this woman actually is letting, I mean, I, I didn't want to go, but I knew, I, I knew I had to. So situation was calling for me to go back home, but 
I didn't want to leave the closeness. You know, we were only an hour flight or a few hour drive. And I was like, oh, I don't want to leave. And you were just so like, that's exactly how you were. You were just like, you know what? You need to go. If this is meant to be, if God wants us together, we're, we're going to be together. And, and that was so peaceful. I remember that. Yep. And here we are still in California. I've been here just shy of 20 some odd years now. So mm-hmm. quite, quite a journey. Quite a journey, and you have been following Christ for how long? Oh gosh, um, I since I was five. I, since since I was you were five, five. yes, very clearly since I was five. Mm-hmm. And that journey has how's that journey been? Mm, highs and lows. So yeah. um, fabulous, fabulous ride. Um, learning who Christ was, um, learning just who um, he uh, had to have a relationship with him through high school. It was wonderful. And then I got to college and I, I held steadfast for the first year. And then the second year, I just, the whole other side, uh, the worldly side was just um, crazy. And I just knew I wanted to be a part of that. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was awful. But the great part of my story is that God showed me what grace was. And so three years later, I really got back into my walk with Christ and was really be, uh, able to um, just build that continuously throughout time. And um, he's just been a great friend to me on this, this whole journey. And so longtime Christian follower, myself, right? When we met, I was probably two years, 1997 was, I think we met in 99, 98, 99 ish. So a couple of years, a little baby Christian, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, a mature Christian in yourself. And so throughout our marriage, you know, here we're talking today, you know, as you're my guest, I'm so excited. We're talking about (laughs) unequally yoked, right? And we're talking more to the couples out there that again, just, just might have somebody who's just not into their faith. They are, and they're, and they're, and that spouse isn't, or again, they came into their marriage and, and one of the spouses found Christ and the other one hasn't. And the Bible talks about that. And we're going to get into that, but you and I have a a lot of experience and we're going to get into some of that here in a minute. But, you know, I, through the marriage, um, was a baby Christian and, and went through a lot. I was, I always had a foundation with God, right? Obviously I was a a believer, but, but I wasn't committed or engaged, you know, I wasn't living it out and, and, and you, you were remaining in your faith. You never wavered. I mean, I'm just thinking through just up to the day of our whole marriage is just, you've Mm -hmm. stayed strong in your faith and you've shown it and your influence as I shared. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about being married to an unbeliever. Um, and, and as we were talking about, or an unengaged Christ follower and, Mm -hmm. and Jesus tells us in Matthew 19, five, he says, man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. That's right. Right. They'll become one flesh. Marriage is a sacred covenant that joins two people together in one flesh. I I love uh, Malachi 2.14 talks about marriage, the marriage covenant. But in verse 15, it says, has not the Lord made them one in flesh and spirit? They are his. And why one? Because he was seeking a godly offspring. The whole intention for marriage is to come together 
with Christ at the center to become one flesh and spirit. Mm -hmm. But if one partner becomes a Christian after marriage, right? Like after marriage, they're going to become a Christian. Now they're living under two different authorities. You have one following Christ and one, maybe not. Right. And often in Christians, you know, in that situation, you, you know, you may be a, a, you know, in the situation where you're like, I don't know if I can make this marriage work. Right. I don't know if this is going to work out, but God's word tells us not, not to go down the divorce route or not to separate. It says we are to be content in the situation and, and, but also look for ways to bring glory to God, like bring glory during the challenging, challenging circumstance and, and try to be content in that situation. Look for the peace, look for the influence. And if you look at first Corinthians seven, 12 through 14, if you have your Bibles and you look at it, it basically says, if you are willing to live with an unbelieving spouse, you are not to divorce. As I mentioned for the unbelieving spouse is sanctified through the believing spouse. That's very cool. And what does sanctified mean? It means set apart for a sacred purpose or being holy. If the unbeliever wants to go, it says we should let them go. If the unbeliever wants to go, we should let him go. But do not change you. You have been assigned and called by him. Paul is saying, do not waver in your marriage, right? Like you're a believer. And because you have an unbeliever or because you have someone who is not practicing, don't lose your game. Don't lose your focus on, on the marriage and on the purpose of your marriage and putting Gotti. God as, as, as the number one source, right? And so as we sit here today, well, how are we supposed to handle this? We understand we are to stay married and work through it, but how do we do it? And so I want to look at Peter 3, 1 through 6, okay? And I want to say that under the Roman law in these times, the husbands were fully in charge of, their, of, their, of the, all the members of the households. So Peter was telling wives in this situation, that they didn't need to really preach their husband or shove Bibles down their throat, right? It, it, the husband's in charge. If you become a believer, you're probably going to be going to church by yourself. It's going to be kind of a lonely process, right? You're unequally yoked at that point. But he says the ideal approach instead of forcing it or pushing it on your spouse is to do the complete opposite. And so let's look at it real quick in First Peter 3. And this is where... Carrie, I have you and I put you on a pedestal because I remember reading these scriptures and I remember thinking, man, this has been you in our marriage uh, when I wasn't so engaged in my faith. It says, wives, likewise, be submissive, submissive to your own husbands, that even some do not obey the word. They without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives mm-hmm. when they observe your chastity, chastity mm-hmm. conduct <laughs> accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorporable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Mm-hmm. For in this manner, in former times, the holy woman who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you were, 
you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. And then it goes on, you know, husbands, honor your wives and all that, right? But I wanted to stop there because it's, it's very interesting because Peter is talking about your influence as a wife, right? And, 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 and really how you treat your husband in that circumstance. And so I bring this, right? I bring these scriptures, but I bring it into our experience, Carrie. Yeah. I, I battled, I've battled, uh, you know, bad habits were, let's just be honest. There was tobacco in my life. There was alcohol in my life. There was, um, uh, not interest in church, not in the Bible. Um, not even really much reference to my faith, uh, for, for some of those years. And, um, and so you had to kind of walk through that and, and so kind of take us through a little bit of that, like take us through how you were able to keep peace, how are you staying true to the faith, your faith and be a positive influence? Yeah. Well, well, thank you. Thank you so much for those really, really sweet words. And um, I'm really humbled that you put me in that same category, but I, I think it's really just the Lord. I think he really just has blessed our marriage. Um, there was not a time that, that I hadn't been praying for our marriage. And I mentioned earlier my story like when I was 19 to 22 ish, um, is kind of when I would say I, um, walked my own route and I did my own thing. But as I started to come back to the Lord, grace was such a huge part of that story that I know that the only person that can issue grace is only the Lord. Like it's only Christ. It's only the Holy spirit. That grace can only come from him it can't even come from me. So for me to sit and judge you, like the love of my life, you know, for me to sit and say, hey, here's your laundry list of things that need to get fixed. That's not my job. And I always felt that way from the very beginning because I know my own story. God had to be the one to give me grace and teach me grace. And um, he was the only one who who could do it, who can do that for anybody. Um doing so much research. I love the Bible. I'm such a nerd as far as just the scriptures and the the history and the facts and those type of things. I really get excited about that. And I just felt like it was always so important um, to go back to the Proverbs where it says a a wife um, can be like a drippy faucet. (laughs) And, and, And that's horrible. Everybody knows what that's like. And I just thought that if you're going to drip, you want to drip love. Um, I don't ever want, I didn't ever want to be that person that would come up and, um, be that drippy faucet on you. And, and I think I always knew that if, if it came from the Bible, then it must be true because of my own personal journey. If it comes from the Bible, then I have to believe it and even walk it out literally. So to drip on you, um, negatively, and say, you know, here's the things that, that have to come out. I just knew it wasn't going to happen. So that was kind of just my approach. And um, many times you talked about early in our intro, you talked about how 
I've prayed over you. And there has been so many times like I'd wake up in the middle of the night and just place my hand on you and just pray for you. There's been seasons where I just thought maybe you needed some extra prayer. And I thought, well, I get to be that person. I get to be the one to, to pray for you and, and know that my prayers are going to be heard because God has shown us so many times that he has listened to our prayers. Even while you felt like you were walking through your struggles, he was still answering prayers. So he made himself so evident in our story, in our journey, that I knew that if I was going to bring to him my petitions and my requests, that he would find it to, to answer those in the way that he saw best. And I never knew what they were going to look like, but he continues to answer that with you and um, our journey, our story. And it's been fantastic to watch um, all the growth that you go through. And um, I'm not even sure. I'm hoping I'm answering your question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you, you are. And you know, what's funny is I'm, as you know, right. And, and our audience probably doesn't, but I'm the third born, right. I'm the baby. You're the baby. And a baby. And you're the firstborn, right? I'm firstborn. So, so I said that. that yep. So a little stubbornness and a little stubbornness, but uh, <laughs> but in a good way. And and I don't like to be told what to do always. Like I I don't like to be um, you know, told I need to do things certain ways. But you know, it's funny because Peter Peter says if any of them do not believe the word, they may they may be won over without words. By the behavior of their wives, like that—that that was so you in the fact that yeah, I probably would get mad. There was a couple times where you said things to me or just <laughs> reminded me that I probably shouldn't be doing tobacco when I was in my thirties or forties. I think you made a comment <laughs> I'll never forget. I think you said, and it, it still remember today. This is funny about your words were good at the time. You just said, "Hey, you know what? Baseball's been long gone. You're not playing anymore. You probably shouldn't be chewing tobacco." <laughs> Great point, you know. Good point. Thank you. I got that right. Planted the seed. Um, and, and I am not doing any of that anymore um, because of your support and, and of God's um, God's grace. But okay. but but it you did you didn't you didn't push the buttons. You didn't when you saw me kind of doing the things that maybe you're like, mm, man, I, I, I wish he wasn't maybe drinking too much at night or, mm-hmm. or maybe tobacco mm-hmm. use and. How is he supposed to be the temple of God? How is he supposed to be a Christian if he's going to do that? And sure. whatever those thoughts were, but you never, you never like use the words. You never threatened me. Um, you never uh, gave me ultimatums. And, and I think that's, I think we're in a culture where we like telling everybody what to do, right? Like I think in marriages, I think it's, it's, it's a power, it becomes a power trip. And it's like, we want to control each other. And, and we see that from time to time. But that, as Peter's saying, it has a complete negative effect, right? I know I wouldn't have handled that very well. You know that, but, right. but you didn't do it. You know, you t- talk us, t- how did you hold off from just saying, like, help our audience? Like, how did you not want to just go like, grab me and say, get it together? You know, what, what was that? Well, I think each situation clearly is unique. Obviously, if there was anything that was going to be hurtful to our family, we would have sought help, you know, obviously. Um, Yours was, um, that was not the case for you. So for me, I could just, I could sit back and say, okay, Lord, I know you're in control. 
But the biggest thing for me is when you go back to the beginning of time, you go back to scripture and you go back to Genesis and Adam was given Eve as a helper. So my role is to help. So what helping looks like on Monday is going to look different on, you know, on Tuesday and, and on Wednesday and Thursday. And, and I have to just bring it to the Lord. And John, I know that sounds so cliche, but it's literally like, what can I do to help today? How can I bless you today? And, and I think if you start looking long, the long term, you um, can instantly put doubt into the situation But knowing that God is in control, knowing our story on how he brought us together, knowing that he's already created these miracles, that he's already taught me grace, and knowing I'm supposed to help you, it it puts my words in check. Are my words going to help you? Am, Am I going to be the drippy faucet or am I going to be the helper? And so for me, that's just the choices I had to make every day. Or, or not every day, but when a situation would arise where maybe I would question. Um, and I, I think it's just a respect that I have for you. And, and I think that is the key. When you choose to make that covenant, um, when you choose to pledge before family and you choose to pledge before God, I will help you. I will be in this for better or for worse you better expect that that worst is coming because right now you're at the better. And so you know that worst is coming. And I just never had, um, I never wanted to create a place where you didn't feel like you could trust me. And so being able just to be your helper was the best way that I knew to walk side by side for you and just letting you know that you, you could always trust me in any given situation. I love that. You know, it's funny in the verse, it talks about submit, right? And Mm. we know submit can be a little, um, little bit of challenge to some people (laughs) with that word, right? Submit. Oh, hey, I'm not submitting to my spouse. What are you talking about? Right? right? Like I I work, I, 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 I have my, you know, purpose in this house. So I submit, right. But, but we know like in the beginning, like it, it says, you know, we're to submit to each other at a reverence for Christ, mm. right? And reverence means respect, right? If we respect God, right? And so I, I'm going to you because I'm trying to help our audience because what you're saying is so huge from scripture because here I was kind of dabbling in my own little world, right? And you were still following your faith and your faith would tell you and you just described being a helper and being supportive of what you were, but we're talking about first Peter three, one through six, and it talks about submit yourselves to your own husband. So that right. Submit right. means submit out of reverence to Christ. And because you respect Christ, right. you're going to, you're going to serve your husband, right. As you serve the Lord. And, you know, here you're, you're falling out and here I am. And I, I think I, hopefully I submitted a little bit to you in that time. <laughs> hopefully I wasn't, hopefully we're not, you know, it wasn't too one-sided here, but uh, oh no, you're so good. <laughs> but 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 I mean, it's important that we're like you know, here we are. You're in a you're in a marriage, and your husband's either an unbeliever or 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 not believing at all on what they were saved by years yeah. ago. And you're sitting there like I'm to I'm to follow the scripture, right? This is what Peter is saying. This is what God's asking me to do as a faithful wife. 
that I need to follow suit into this and I need to submit. And, and I, I love number two, as you said, helper, you know, mm-hmm. supportive as it's a submissive, submissive role as, as a wife. Very cool. Yeah. Well, in, in every setting now, every marriage, John, be it from the male side or the female side, there are going to be highs and lows. There's going to be very clear decisions that one spouse is going to have to make in order to help the spouse along. Um, it's, um, I think the picture that comes to my mind so clearly is, um, remember those old fashioned leg races where like two people would come up to the line and they would tie their legs together and then have to do those, like, what is it called? The three-legged race. And there's, you have to really learn that rhythm together. And one, there might be a point in your faith or in your spiritual walk as a couple that one person is that strong partner, you know, and there might be another point that the other person takes over that, that strength. And I think God designed it that way for us to eventually get to the point where that that funky three-legged walk really starts to happen. And I think that does really only happen through that word submission because you do have to take your turn and you do have to find out what their strength is and you do have to find that rhythm. Um, And that rhythm is Christ. You know, that's what creates the rhythm. And once you both have it, then you really have got an amazing flow. But there can definitely be a, a push and pull throughout that entire journey of the marriage. So absolutely. And I want you to talk a little bit of this next piece that is, I think the huge part of at least how you've affected me. Um, And and that was kind of like Peter's talking about, you know, we talk about, I think you're absolutely beautiful on the outside, but, but the inside (laughs) beauty as Peter references is what, is what really kept me um, strong and, you know, got me to where I am today. Like your influence, your obedience, your consistency, but more and more and more and more on the influence side, like, you know, your influence on me, like the big thing I'm saying is you never wavered. This is the challenge. I got to believe it's a challenge, right? You've got a spouse who's not active, doesn't want to go to church, doesn't want to read the Bible, doesn't want to help do Bible studies with the kids, right? <laughs> no God going on, you know, other than he was saved or she was saved. Yes. Or, right, you got that. Or, you know, just you became a believer and you guys weren't believers. And right. so I've got an unbelieving husband or wife and I'm dealing with that, right? It's a challenge. I couldn't imagine because you uh, kind of walked a lot with it than me because you were, you, but you never, and the Bible says, it says don't, don't even think about divorce. Don't even think no. like it's not going to work. Like you are committed. You need to make it work. But man, you, you, you don't waver. And you didn't waver, which is, I think the huge part of this is you never wavered. Um, and your influence, you know, you were in the Bible, even though I wasn't. You know, you took the kids to church with, without me, right? Like you stay <laughs> home and you do whatever you're going to do. We're going, right? And you never allowed my little behavior or my where I was pull you down. And, 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 and that's a big deal. But remember, God gave me grace first. In my journey, I was given grace. I know that grace is so important. And I already know that you... I already knew that you loved Christ, you know, um, 
And, and we're talking to the couple that, you know, if, if um, you are, your, your spouse is inactive or not a Christ follower, um, you've already made that commitment, right? So you don't, you, you, that option of divorce is not on the table or your spouse um, already made that commitment to Christ. It's just not active and they're not actively pursuing it. So at that point, you, it's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's okay to be the leader. Um, there was a point that God literally released me from being the spiritual leader. I remember sitting at my dining room table and I hope it's okay that I just take a moment and tell this story um, because it puts perspective on it. Like I felt like God, when the kids were little, We've got four kiddos. Um, when the kids were little, um, we have done a whole lot of different education for them, public school, homeschool. And there was one morning we were homeschooling, and I remember sitting at the dining room table. It was early, and I was in the Word. And um, I remember him very clearly giving me this piece of, Carrie, you're all done. It is now John's turn. And it, it was very real that I didn't have to lead the family anymore. And at that point, I don't even know if I knew that I was doing that. It was just kind of something that I, I knew that we were going to um, talk about Jesus and we were going to discover who he was and we were going to learn um, his um, commandments and learn his values. And, and that was going to be part of our, um, our, our choices. And I remember when God said, you are all done care. John's got this. And, and that's been quite a journey. And I, I think that's, I, I come back to, you used to keep saying the word waver. I, I don't even know that it was even a choice not to. Like God just said, Carrie, you've got grace. And so now you're going to teach and pass on to your kids. You know, he already knows me. He just needs to know me better. He needs to participate better. And it's going to be on my time. And I, I felt like he was going to handle that. I always knew that he was going to um, make good on the safety of our family and the protection of our family and especially the spiritual leadership of our family. Uh, so just knowing and, and relying on the Bible and saying that when you come to him and you present your requests, that he will, he will listen. And that was always my prayer. Um, I think even more than just putting it into words, it was just the cry of my heart. I'm like, Lord, this man is the best man that I know. He has the most tender heart, the most tender spirit. He is a great teacher and I cannot wait to see what you're going to do with him. And that was, that was kind of like, just, that was it. And, and I just sat and watched and he did his thing. And I just felt like, I just always knew he was going to deliver. Oh, I love it. I mean, uh, as we, as we kind of move to the wrap up here, um, obviously your influence on me, uh, uh, moved way, uh, beyond the, the, uh, unengaged Christian. Um, I'm following Mm -hmm. Jesus, uh, to the best of my ability and, uh, Mm -hmm. and your influence and your patience and prayers were answered. And, uh, I love where we're at today. Um, to, to wrap this up though, I mean, just real quick, um, what encouragement, I know you've said a lot, but wrap it up in a bow. 
<laughs> finish up, right? Like, like we're, we're, we're getting into this. And, and as you listen, like, what are the takeaways? What can a spouse out there uh, take from this that they can run with um, some points that you want to just kind of leave for encouragement? Absolutely. Let's go back to that first word that I used a lot is grace. Mm-hmm. Um, grace for your spouse, female or male, um, wherever they are in their journey, um, getting to know Christ or getting back to Christ, um, being released from habits or um, 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 depression or anything like that. Like just grace is the utmost. Um, being a helper is is absolutely the mindset that you have to be um, having that servant attitude. It just naturally transmits into that submissive spirit. Yeah, um, you talked really, about you talked yeah. about a helper, right? Being a yeah. helper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so grace, helper, um, and it turns into submissive because you know, um, you you know when you. Um, offer somebody um, a great meal or great encouragement, you can always see the results on how that affects that other person. And the same thing, when you're walking with that spouse in those moments, um, that spouse can make or break the situation. So just relying on God as the source of strength, as opposed to um, any type of human strength is the best thing that you can do. Obviously, if something is seriously broken, you want to seek some more professional, um, human help, um, but oh, yeah, trusting yeah. in the Lord to get through, um, those, um, minor broken situations, um, and then bringing that spouse to the Lord. If they don't know, letting God do his thing and letting you be the helper to your spouse, I think is just the best advice that I can give. And a big one, I, I know, um, is the, the prayer requests that you, oh, the prayer. That you the laid down, right? You just, um, the power of prayer on your spouse, right? I mean, uh, sure. what an example that you were. I know you told me that so many times and, uh, and it turned out really well. So prayer for <laughs> sure. Um, oh, God's been so good. So that's awesome. So, well, thanks for coming on with me. I, like I said, it was super well, awesome. You. I'm a little nervous, right? It's my wife. I'm like, oh my gosh, my wife's on with me. <laughs> this is crazy. I love her so much. And, oh, love but you. no, I love it. Takeaways, grace. I love it. Um, helper, supporter of your spouse and, and prayer over your spouse. Those are what we got out of this. It's just mm-hmm. takeaways. And, and, and listen, scripture, we, we keep coming back to it. If, if, if read again, I read it, um, read it to yourselves, go back in this Peter three, one through six, and just, and use that to encourage yourself, um, lead by example. Right. And that's the big thing. Be patient. That's right. Be and, patient. uh, man, out really well. And, and we hope that, uh, we hope this brought some value to you. We, we, we know it's a challenging situation. We've been through it. Carrie's been through it, obviously. Um, and so we, we just pray that God will, will use you in these ways and, and let you, uh, take these three things from Carrie and, uh, hopefully you can throw it, uh, throw it into your, uh, into your situation and, uh, and let God, let God do what he's going to do. Um, and, and let him, uh, you just be patient though. Um, as, as it took quite a few years for me to get through, um, through her example, through her influence and support 
to get me to where I am today. But Carrie, thanks for, for joining the show. Seriously. So awesome. Great stuff. Hey, thank you. Thank thank you you for joining everybody. Um, We will be back with episode four. So hope you enjoyed and have a great week.